Hello and welcome back to that haunted show. I hope we are all doing well. Today I have got a new episode, which is gonna be, it's gonna be good. Basically, this episode is gonna be a bit different. It's kind of a exclusive episode, and it's by a good friend by the name of Raymond Beeman. Which, if you already don't know, he is a great writer. So this story is called Before Your Eyes, and I'm gonna get into it straight away. I hope you're ready. Life is a road. We live our seconds, our minutes, our months, and our fleeting little years, oblivious to the fact that we are on a path, that we are moving. And as we move, our choices create forks, deviations in the way, a new, final destination. Unbeknown to us, our hand has the ability to alter our endpoint, and with a simple flick of the wrist, our fate can change irrevocably. I was uncertain of exactly what I had done to change mine. All that I was aware of was the fact that I had done something. It was like opening your eyes for the first time. I was simply born again a second time over. Fresh from the canal of life, I stepped forward, and when I did, I took another. Two steps became four, and four became ten, and before I knew it, I had been walking for hours. The road was empty, the road was mine. On each side of the path stood an impenetrable wall of trees, huddled together, concealing the wickedness all around of me. Behind of me was the direction I had come from, and in front of me, the direction in which I was heading. I tried to think, I tried to remember why. I tried to remember why I was, but a nasty fog hindered the mind. Within me was nothing but an ether. Inside was nothing but cold, empty black. With no alternative, I continued my tread onward. I must push forward. My name was nothing but a forgotten memory. My past no more than a fevered dream. Whatever trait, whatever smile that once belonged to the person behind of the name was lost. Somewhere out there, deep out there, within the never-ending, tall and terrible trees that continued to cradle my journey on each side, Every little emotion, every little ounce of happiness, every measurement of sorrow, of joy, or regret. None of it was here, and it was no longer mine. It had been taken from me, and I had been abandoned, out here, alone on the desolate road, with only the journey for company. I was no more than a shell, a husk of nothing, cursed to move forever, condemned to walk alone for all of eternity. So I continued to walk, and as I did, the light slowly began to fade above me. The sun moved quickly, and before I knew it, the path in front of me had become little more than darkness. I could no longer see a distance in front, possibly five to ten metres at most. Behind of me was more of the same. Not that it mattered, though. After all, I had been walking this road for long enough to know that I was the only thing that was waiting for me. Out there amongst the shadow was no more than road. I knew that I would continue to extend, I could feel it, so I continued on. Two steps became four, and four became ten, and before I knew it, I was no longer alone. It started small at first, a mistaken sound, a trick of the mind, but as it grew, I could no longer continue to ignore it, whispering. I paused immediately as I felt the horrid fear course horribly throughout. Slowly my head turned left, and then slowly, it turned right. 
To see into the darkness of trees was impossible, but it was clear that the whispering was coming from the concealment of their shadow. It is all around of me. My hand began to spasm at my sides as I fought desperately at the cold night air. The noise was growing in its intensity as it fizzled from a whisper and into an abrasive static hiss. The harsh sound pierced the quiet and spread outwards as my chest burned with violent anxiety. I tried my best to steady my nerves, but my mind was already lost. It is coming. Something is coming. It continued to build in intensity, the trees on either side swaying as the noise forced itself tightly against their branches. They moved and they strained, tilting back at their roots, in order to accommodate the weight of the noise as it burst forth from the darkness of the woods and spilled itself out, dirty against the road. Quickly, its volume grew as it began to swirl, capturing me with an impenetrable well as it reached its horrid crescendo. The pain within my skull burned bright as the sound vibrated forcefully within. It built and it built, and just when I thought my mind would explode in agony, it vanished. Silence. The silence did not last. Help. The scream was guttural. The scream was clear, but more importantly, the scream was near. Please, somebody help me. Again I turned right, and I turned left, and that's when I saw it. Leave me alone. The small boy appeared from the darkness of the trees, and moved quickly in my direction. Startled, I took a step back as he closed the distance. His eyes were bulged in fear, and his cheeks were wet from his tears. He moved with a speed towards me, his terror carrying him unsteady as he inched closer. In slow motion, he turned his head to look back, and as he did, he lost his footing and fell painfully down at the side of the road. Instinctively, I moved in to help, but I paused when three other boys appeared from the woods in pursuit. Look, boys, poor Peter has done himself a mischief. The other two boys snickered to themselves as they moved in towards a small child who was now crying uncontrollably on the cold, dirty ground. Crying for your mummy, Peter. The small boy slowly pulled his knees up into him and continued to cry. But you know your mummy won't be coming right, Peter. The three boys moved in and within a second they ensnared the small child with a menacing circle. I tried to speak. My lips wanted to move. My tongue desired the words, but nothing came. My hands continued to shake by my sides as I stood there paralysed. Poor Poison Peter, the second boy laughed. Poison Peter, the third agreed. The three stood there for a second, each enjoying the humour of their words as the child continued to cry at their feet. And then, after a few seconds, their assault began. Kicks, punches, shoes against ribs, anger against anguish. Each forceful crack and each forceful smack echoed hard as the sound of pain filled the small, darkened road. They smiled as they did it, and they laughed as they continued on, a grin cutting sickly against each of their features as they rejoiced in their viciousness. It was at this point I could stand no more. Stop. The first command came from my lips sounding more like a request. Stop. Now. They either did not hear me or just chose to ignore me. Either way, I knew that I had to do something. Help him. 
Without thinking, my legs moved, and before I knew it, I was rushing forward in their direction. I had no plan, nor any logical thought, only a deep sense of longing and of loss that seemed to eat away at me as I moved into them. It moved cold through me as I closed the gap, and it lingered as I stretched outwards in preparation, and it was in that moment, as my fingers almost made contact with the first boy, that the road reset. In an instant, they were gone. No more were the sounds of the assault. The four children had disappeared, only to be replaced by the sight of nothing. Nothing but the road. Silence hung heavily from the trees and behind of me. There was nothing but the cold, black emptiness I had been trying to move away from. In front of me, there was nothing but more of the same. What is going on? Nothing made sense. I was awash in a sea of forever, stranded and alone. In front of me was the endless ocean, and behind of me was a continuation of the same. I had no anchor, and I had no worthy vessel. I was sinking amongst the depths. My lungs were taking on water, and all that I could do was to stay afloat, to stay sane, and continue to wade onwards. So I began to walk once more. Two steps became four, four became ten, and before I knew it, it was the morning. The rising sun used to be beautiful. On any other day, in any other setting, the pleasant glow would have been welcoming. It would have been reassuring. I promised that things would get better. That darkness never lasts forever. But today was not like any other day. With it, the day brought nothing but more road. As the visibility cleared in front of me, as far as the eye could see and conceivably further than that, awaited nothing but more of the same. I cannot escape. As the thought took hold, I paused on the spot. Once again I turned, looking right and then to my left, surveying the wall of trees on each side. Just by looking at them, I knew that this was not an option. Something about the way they just stood. Something about the way they held firm. I just knew, even if I tried to find my way through them, I would only end up back here. I just knew somehow that this road was where I was meant to be, and it had been waiting for me, and would always be here, just as it always was. This path was mine to take, and this path was mine to walk. Inconceivably, from somewhere deep within, I just knew. I am here because of me. So, with little other option, I continued to walk. Two steps became four, and four became ten, and before I knew it, the sun was once again setting in the sky above. The darkness would bring more torture. Everything around of me hinted as such. The way the wind carefully blew by the road. The odd way that the trees moved at my sides. Almost as if each one of them followed my every step. All of it. It was wrong. Nothing here was reasonable. Nothing here was fair. Every little stone that made this road carried a truth, a dark and terrible reality that just could not be ignored. It infected its surroundings and it pierced my mind and it would persist inside of me forever. The suffering is mine. And it was on this fall, on this realisation, that my eyes settled upon the crouched shadow within the middle of the road in front of me. In an instant, the whispering once again began to push itself eerily out onto the road. 
It grew and it tore and it transformed until, before long, it was once again nothing but static, cut in tightly against me, setting my soul ablaze. Please, just stop. Leave me alone. I strained to offer some kind of resistance, but my plea came as nothing but a whelp within the endless shadow. Almost as quickly as it had started, and just as quickly as before, it had stopped. Only this time, instead of the cries of a child, the nasty voice was replaced by a sad, weeping, coming from a figure in front of me. He continued to cry into himself before quietly he spoke. No more. I've had enough. Carefully I moved forwards as the sight of the crouched young man came into focus. I've had enough for one night. I should be getting home. He continued to slowly rock back and forth in the middle of the road as I neared his proximity. After a few more steps, I was upon him, and I quietly moved around to his front as he continued to roll his body forwards and back. I should be getting home. As I moved around of him, his features came into focus. I felt my heart move within my chest. His eyes. Where his eyes should be were deep gaunt sockets of nothing. From the open spaces bled tears of black which strained down his face in smearing thick lines. As he wept harder, the fluid oozed from the gaps and slowly drained across his cheeks. I should be getting home. I could not move. I could not move. As much as I tried to force a response, as much as I wanted to turn, to run, to look away and flee, I could not. I was trapped. Held firm by the terrible inaction, caused to gaze helplessly upon the horror as it continued to play out in this hideous fashion. I just wanted to be happy. The road moved noticeably beneath my feet, and as my world turned, my reality spiralling out of control as terrible sorrow continued to cut sharp against the night air. I want my mum. From the trees and to our right, a laugh moved outwards, announcing the presence of a second man as he moved from the darkness, clapping his hands together in sickened delight. Peter, he began, we can fix that. He smiled hard as he approached and he continued to smile as he bent down, completely ignoring my presence as he pulled the distressed man into him. We have everything, everything to make you feel better. Everything to bring you home. Everything to make you happy. You just have to answer the question, dear boy. So, what is it? What will it be? What is your poison, Peter? It was happening, but it was not. Like a movie, a picture on a screen, make-believe. It was a story, a fiction, not reality and not real. It felt real, but it could not be. Nothing makes sense. The young man sniffled slightly and moved his hands up towards his face, attempting to wipe away the thickened black sludge that lay heavy across his features. Instead, his hands simply smeared the thick, dirty tears in streaks against his cracked and worn skin. Slowly, a forced smile moved across him. Maybe just a little something more. The other man smiled. Oh, Peter, do I have a little something more, just for you? I tried to move, to do something, anything. This is not right. 
Finally, after an eternity of struggle, the words finally came. This is a mistake. I did not know where they had come from, only that they did. And when they did, the road once again reset. And before I knew it, just as before, I was alone. The silence was once again all around me, but this time it was different. This time it was suffocating. Again, my hands began to shake at my sides. This is a mistake. The fear was there. It had always been there. It was silent and it was deadly and it was fatal. It was a splinter, a crack, a terrible fault that had been left unchecked for far too long. It was real and it was tight and it would swallow me whole. It grew and it exploded in a flash of burning light that smouldered against what remained of my soul. It was dark and it was deep and it was horrible. It licked unashamed at my core and it incinerated my insides and it hurt. Without thinking, my legs once again moved and before I knew it, I was running. Two steps became four and four became ten and with each... And as each weighty step carried me forward, my tears began to form. I sobbed uncontrollably as the sun rose and I continued to cry as I moved with a speed down the centre of the road. It, it is all too much. The path behind me was getting closer. It was chasing me, and all that I could do was continue to run into more of the same. No matter how hard I tried to escape what I had become. No matter how hard I tried to escape what had come before, it was futile. The meaningless expanse of behind me laughed, pushing itself beyond and further in front, building the path in front of me with more of the same. More of the same. More of the same of what I had grown accustomed to. More misery, more pain, more sadness and more longing. What is the point? The thought came from somewhere, and it came without warning. Just like the most terrible thoughts in life, it had been created by a series of unfortunate events, through chance encounters borne by my hand. It was conceived within a time long forgotten, but it waited patiently for me, waiting for the moment to finally leave its mark, and it chose wisely. As the thought grew and stretched outwards with my mind, the sight of the turn in the road came into focus. Immediately I paused, my meaningless attempt to escape coming to a stop. Gradually I composed myself and surveyed the sight before me. In front of me the road continued on, stretching off into the stretching off into the distance, further than the eye could possibly see, and to my left the path deviated, but only for a short distance before coming to a rather abrupt stop. This is it. I had been running for so long, trying to escape what had come before, that I had never taken time to really consider where my flight would carry me. There was always a choice even during those moments when I could not comprehend it. And here it stood, unapologetically before me, personified by a turn in the road. It was unfortunate, however, that I knew, despite my reluctance to admit it, even to myself, that the choice had already been made. It will be quick. He moved from behind of me and slowly turned to face me, his empty sockets more aged than they were previously, his tears no more than black stains against his previously pure skin. His cracked lips moved and his skin tore at the seams as he continued. Misery, pain, sadness and longing. 
all of it gone in an instant. It will be quick and you'll never have to feel sad again. More tears moved moved unrestricted down my cheeks as I gazed upon him. Will it hurt? Slowly, he shook his head. No more pain. A sob escaped my trembling lips as tears formed. I just want my mum. He nodded his head in response and slowly rose his arm, pointing towards the turn in the road and the end of my path. As he moved his arm up, the needle came into focus, hanging loose from his skin as a single drop of blood leaked slowly down from the entry point. From somewhere within the distance, I could hear the whispering once again, building into static as a slight sting within my arm began to burn. My eyes moved down, surveying the needle protruding from my own skin. Without any feeling, I looked up at him for I looked up at him for the last time and asked the only question that mattered. What what was further down the road? He fought for a second as the static grew louder, and after a few moments his flaking lips moved. Anything. Another tear fell from my eyes, and I nodded and turned. I had already chosen. Slowly my feet began to move as I started down the turn in the road, further down closer towards my abrupt ending. Two steps became four, and four became ten, and before I knew it, I could hear them in the distance. It was clear, and it was obvious, just as it had always been. I could hear the paramedics working on me. I could hear as they called into their radios, the static hissing back in response as they demanded further assistance. But their words were no more than whispers with infinity. I was already gone. I had already made the choice. Life is a road. We live our seconds, our minutes, our months and our fleeting little years, oblivious to the fact that we are on a path and that we are moving. And as we move, our choices create forks deviations in the way, a new final destination. Unbeknown to us, our hand has the ability to alter our endpoint, and with a simple flick of the wrist, our fate can change irrevocably. I knew exactly what I had done, and as a result, my life had literally flashed before my eyes. I had chosen pain, I had chosen misery, and I had chosen to be a product of circumstance, and due to this, I had missed out on what the road could have been. My path could have led me anywhere, but as I neared the end of my turning, I knew that at least when I finally reached the end, that I would never have to be sad ever again. Life is a road, and after so many empty years of suffering, mine had come to an end. That was Before Your Eyes by Raymond Beeman. That story was actually (laughs) really good. I had already pre-read it, but reading it a lot, I don't know, I find reading something aloud especially dealing with uh, especially dealing with the show i tend to remember a lot more i kind of my brain runs in <laughs> in details and i kind of figure out more about it the uh, second time i read it that was actually really good and if you want to hear more i know there are many other channels who feature his stories on youtube but this is the first we're getting on the podcast and hopefully the first of many because i really enjoyed doing this and it's Something different along the way. I know we read a lot of scary stories and things like that, but to actually have a scary story by someone we know, it's great. (laughs) It really is. So I hope you have had a great week, whatever it is you're doing. 
If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a review wherever you listen, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. It's really easy to do. You can either just give us a star rating or even write a little comment. It really does help us out. It just kind of gives us that little boost. So I would really appreciate that. Also, remember, we do have that haunted show merch.com. If you want to check out the merch store, we've got loads of designs on there. So definitely check that out if you're feeling extra spooky. Also, if you want to check out the socials, we are that haunted show pretty much everywhere you can think of. I've stole that handle everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the good shit. TikTok all that <laughs> so yeah come check us out there and we've got a link tree in the bio of all of the socials and that has links and directions to basically anywhere you need to go if you want to get in contact speaking of contacts we are that haunted show at gmail.com or just give me a message on any of the socials and i will get back to you so i really do hope you have enjoyed this episode and it's been a pleasant change the next episode we'll be back with our regular i'm not sure what we're gonna do yet i kind of had this big idea but i'm not quite sure how i'm going to do it yet but i've got two weeks to figure it out so (laughs) don't worry we'll definitely be back soon with something epic so as always stay safe stay spooky and good night